You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to get your fine Bills-related podcasts. We are so thrilled and honored, really, that you took the time to listen to our Dawson tones here on Believe. I am John Boccasino, your longtime Paisano host, being joined by, of course, my ginger-loving friend, my afraid of the sun friend because it's trying to kill him down there with those ginger vibes, Jamie D'Amico. Jamie, welcome aboard, buddy. I am a ginger and I love all my fellow gingers. So yes, we have to stick together. I've even got a big red beard these days. And every time I see somebody with the equivalent of my facial hair, I walk up to make friends with him, male or female, doesn't matter. They're all my people. (laughs) <laughs> yes, they, they are your people, and we all know that your favorite current starting quarterback is Andy Dalton, the red <laughs> rifle rocking this resplendent red beard, if we saw that, uh, versus the uh, Buccaneers on Monday Night Football. Um, obviously, the Buffalo Bills have a pretty talented quarterback themselves. He is not a ginger, but he is Josh Allen. And uh, and Jamie, this week um, on Bill Eve, you know, it's a pretty simple topic for the show it's bills jets rematch um the last time these these two teams met buffalo was on the short end of the stick josh allen got hurt and the sky you know started falling a little bit because the bills went on a a two-game losing streak if you can call it a streak they were down to six and three on the year but the bills have won their last three and now they're back atop the afc east They're back atop the AFC standings in the race for number one, and they get a familiar foe coming to town, the New York Jets, on Sunday afternoon. Jamie, what do you think is going to be different? Let's start with this. What's going to be different with this matchup this time around, this revenge game for Buffalo? What do you think is going to be different this time around? Well, I think that the big reason the Bills lost that game is because that was the beginning of Josh Allen playing poorly. Now, He didn't get hurt until the end of that game, but it started in the second half against Green Bay the week before where Josh Allen just was not himself. He was in his head. If you look at the stats from that game, he was 18 for 34, 200 yards and two picks. He was terrible. His interceptions in that game were awful. He needed to work some stuff out, and you saw it against New England. Josh Allen is playing confident. He's playing smart with the football, with the exception of the last drive in the first half, which I don't know where the hell he was throwing the ball then. But he's getting back to the things that Josh Allen does well. And let's be honest, this Buffalo Bills team is going to come and go with Josh Allen as long as 
he and Stefan Diggs are the main weapons in the offense. I know James Cook is stepping up and he had a good game last week. I'm not ready to crown him anything. This is a Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs offense. And I think Josh Allen is just going to going to play better. And when he plays better, the Bills get wins. Obviously, Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen make this offense go. Um, but I think that there's a lot of signs of encouragement that Bills fans can take, you know, from Josh Allen's performance. I think he's finally healthy. I think he's finally getting back on track. I know, yes, there was that one, you know, terrible throw at the end towards halftime last game. But if you and Joe Biscaglia did a really good job of breaking this down, you know, for the athletic, but it really seems like Josh has got his swagger back and his confidence back and he's performing at that, you know, MVP level that the bills need him to, because, you know, and it's funny how, you know, fickle the NFL is, you know, Josh Allen comes in as the preseason MVP and does nothing to dispel that through the first, you know, six or so weeks of the season. And then he goes through a little slide, you know, like all quarterbacks do at some point where they, they hit a rough patch. And I've learned so much about Josh Allen and his bounce back by watching tape, by reading articles these last couple of weeks. I think that Josh Allen is back. I think he's back to being that MVP type player that the Bills need because no offense in the league asks their quarterback to do more or carry more of a burden uh, and be directly responsible for the team's success than Buffalo does with Josh Allen. And I think this is really one of those litmus tests you know like as great as it was to see him engineer the comeback against the lions and the browns and to to dominate the patriots the way they did in foxborough the jets are a defense that can get after it and this is really going to be a big test i think as to how far back josh is from that injury i i think that's a i think that is a very good point um you know this is probably the kind of thing where josh is elbow is going to bother him the rest of the year. Now, is that going to get in the way? Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe we see him taking fewer chances because that elbow is a little bulky and maybe he doesn't want to throw as many of the laser passes as he did previously. Maybe he's becoming aware of the fact that he can't literally beat any coverage at any time by throwing the ball really hard. He's got to use his brain a little bit. That may not be bad, Johnny boy. (laughs) Using your brain is a good thing. Well, I think you saw that in the Patriots game when Josh took more of what, you know, Bill Belichick was giving him the underneath routes. Isaiah McKenzie had a phenomenal game. Um, Obviously, Diggs excelled. You know, we saw James Cook go over 100 yards for the first time in his young NFL career. And I think that that's really what Josh is going to have to do against this Jets defense, which is going to try to make him uncomfortable. They're going to give him the deep balls. I really feel like you're going to see Diggs and Sauce Gardner going at it. I think you're going to see Gabe Davis trying to control the boundary and the deep passes. And the deep balls will be there if Josh takes the intermediate and the underneath routes. And that's why I'm really looking forward to seeing what, and this is really, I'm, I'm rambling here a bit, Jamie. I know you're, you're used to this when it comes to, to dealing with no, me. You're but, just being you. Um, it's all right. We love you for, hey, you. you know, we're, we're, we're keeping it real here. And, and, and I think that this isn't a point that I think you'll, maybe you can uh, agree with or, or go into some detail with it, but this is the first time 
that Ken Dorsey as offensive coordinator is going to get a second crack at a team's defense. This is mm-hmm. the first time the Bills are going through an AFC East foe for the second time this year. I think this is a really watershed moment in Ken Dorsey's career as an OC because he's got to put Josh Allen in those positions to succeed. What kind of game plan do you see him dialing up when it comes to, you know, strength V Jets defense? Well, okay. The bills have been more dedicated to running the ball, but this is going to be a test because the Jets front line is very good. I mean, we saw it the first time the bills played the Jets. This is a solid team. And if we're being honest, the game wasn't as close as the score. The Jets really took it to the Bills the first time. So the Bills obviously are concentrating right now on trying to take some of the heat off of Josh Allen by running the ball. And we're kind of seeing them develop a little bit the way they did last season. After about week 12, they began running the ball pretty well. Well, I don't think they're going to be as successful running the ball, but it's going to be sprinkled in more often than it has in the past. There's still a majority past first team, but over the past four weeks, I think it has been, the Bills are running the ball um, almost like 45, 46% of the time, which is great. So they're going to have to try to establish that. I foresee the Jets doing what a lot of teams have done with the Bills is stay in cover two. So I think that in order to attack this Jets team, what you have to do is get the play action working and throw a a lot of short passes. If you have your safeties dropping deep, that means that there's a lot available underneath. So get it to McKenzie, get it to Dawson Knox, get it to James Cook or Devin Singletary running the circle routes or out into the flat. And I think that you're going to see the Bills move the ball in short chunks like they did last week. I thought it was a masterpiece in how you run an offense and how you have timing. And Josh Allen, even when he was confused by the coverage, said, I'm not going to sit back here and try to figure it out. I'm going to just dump it off because I'd like to say this. You can't go broke by taking a profit. So dump it off and get your six yards. Move on to fight another day. That's a very valid point, Jamie, and I think that that's exactly what, when I say Josh getting back to his MVP level, I think what we saw against the Patriots, too, was reverting to, okay, you know what, Belichick's going to try to scheme up these complicated defenses. Let me trust my gut. Let me trust what I see. Let me trust my underneath guys to get open, and that's where I think you're right. Isaiah McKenzie could really be in line for a big day, you know, doing those crossing routes, doing those slant patterns, those quick hitch routes. Um, I also think, though, that one thing you mentioned, uh, Ken Dorsey putting on a masterclass, and I would agree, but there's one area that I think the Bills need to be cognizant of getting back and sprinkling back into their offense. Why in the world did Dawson Knox only have one target against the Patriots? Yeah, I feel like he's kind of getting lost a little bit in the game planning. And and Ken Dorsey, uh, if, if you're listening out there, we really need you to find a way to get Dawson Knox more involved, especially I know he's he shouldered a lot of the responsibility of chipping Matthew Judon and chipping the talented pass rushers that the Patriots have. But with Deion Dawkins trending in the direction of playing, I think this is a good week for Dawson Knox to go out there and show that he's not a forgotten man in this offense. 
I, I'm in total agreement with that. And the Bills are paying Dawson Knox good money, like top five tight end money. And then they're not using him. And it's been it's been a season-long issue that they're not sending him out into pass patterns the way they should. The guy's athletic. He can get you yardage. But it's almost like what you see going on in Miami with Mike McDaniel's offense. They traded Mike Kosicki, an excellent tight end, because the offense just didn't call for the tight end to go out in pass patterns. So my question is, why are the Bills paying... Dawson Knox this kind of money if they're not going to get him involved in the offense. I know, yes, blocking is good, but I mean, he's a tight end. He can walk and chew gum at the same time. He can block and go out for passes. You need to mix it up because you need to put that pressure on the defense. He's the type of athlete that can do it. I would love to see him do more than just be an outlet receiver. I would really like to see him attacking the seams in that two deep zone to hopefully clear things out for the receivers. Yeah, if you've got Dawson Knox, you know, running post patterns, if you've got him, yeah, going and attacking the seam, I mean, it's one thing to be a valued weapon, you know, when you chip an edge rusher and then you leak out into the flat or you come across the middle of the field for like a, a five to eight yard route, but he was supposed to be this hybrid tight end for the bills. And he was for the first part of his career. <coughs> I just feel like the bills are getting away from utilizing Dawson Knox more. And the more he gets involved, the more that it makes up for the fact that the bills don't have necessarily that number two weapon opposite Stefan Diggs. I mean, right. Gabe Davis is still having issues with the drops, but I feel like the bills can mask that. And, and I want to go back to a point that, I talked about on the solo pod last week, and and you mentioned you're not willing to anoint uh, James Cook as the lead back, and nor am I, but his emergence, really, it can be an X factor, really can Mm -hmm. be uh, a a determining factor in how far these bills go, because he is so dynamic and slippery and speedy, and I really hope that they're able to attack the Jets' very talented, because Jamie, we talk about this all the time. What is one of the best ways to neutralize talented pass rushers like Quinn and Williams, like Sheldon Rankins, and like the big boys that the Jets use on their 4-3-D? It's running at them, and it's making them sit back and and think that you're going to go to your running backs in the flat or over the middle of the field. I really hope that the Bills, besides getting Dawson Knox more involved on Sunday and doing the intermediate underneath routes, figure a way to build upon the great game that James Cook had because, Jamie, he really did it all. Everything you asked of him, he did a great job. Absolutely. And I was watching a great video from Cover One in which they were talking about how James Cook was being used and the percentage of times he's been used in different types of run concepts. And he is really excelling in the mid-zone runs. And when when you have a mid-zone run, his key is going to be the person who is not the closest to the center, but the next person off the ball from the center. His read is that person. If that person gets out ahead of where the handoff is, he's going to cut back. If the person is behind, then he follows the gap that should be out in front of that person. He is excellent at sticking that foot in the ground and cutting back. And he's, you know, his ability to read that has been very good. Now, I have had some issues with his vision. 
because I think I got spoiled watching Devin Singletary, who seems to always know where the hole is and where every defender is. James Cook doesn't have that kind of vision. But we have seen in some of the bigger runs that he's had is it doesn't exactly matter because he has an ability to to make people miss, even in the hole. People that look like they're going to get a hand on him, he just slips right around him. He's not a big guy, so he's not going to break too many tackles. But hey, if they can get that mid-zone working and move these tough defensive linemen off the ball, even a little bit, I think you're going to see some good runs by the Bills' offense. Yeah, and that's really an important point to make, Jamie, that you know, James Cook is going to have his, his lumps. He's going to take his bumps along the way. Um, but I thought I thought that it was really encouraging to see just how like there's nothing wrong with a, a timeshare, you know, in the backfield. Not and, you know, the, the, what was remarkable about the Patriots game was it was the first time since almost a year ago um, how, when the Bills beat the Dolphins that any Bills running back outside of Devin Singletary had at least 30 offensive snaps in a single game. It shows that Sean McDermott is trusting his rookie more and more to contribute to this offense. And with the offensive line getting better too and getting healthier again, all things considered, it looks like left tackle Deion Dawkins uh, is trending in the direction of playing. Uh, He looked pretty good in the portions of the media practice that were available. There were some posts on social and on Twitter showing him looking pretty good, looking pretty agile uh, when he was participating. The return of all of this, Jamie, means my point of all of this offensive talk about the Bills so far is these Bills are vastly different on offense than they were in the Week 9 matchup when the Jets stymied Josh Allen. Now, granted, he threw two terrible interceptions that killed some drives, and you know that was back when the Bills were struggling big time in the second half to score points. But I feel like everything in this matchup trends to Buffalo. Like it's like when you're, when your little brother tries to get after you and he gets under your skin a little bit <clears throat> and maybe you let yourself, you know, get frustrated or flabbergasted by his techniques. That was week nine. The little brother got a small victory. I think the bills offense is going to learn tremendous lessons from that game and really put on a display um, in fact, I'm calling for the Bills to put up more than 30 points on Sunday against this vaunted Jets defense. You think so, huh? I do. I do. And I think that I, here's the thing, Jamie. I think the combination of everything I mentioned, plus the revenge factor, plus Ken Dorsey knows he was neutralized with his offense going into the Meadowlands uh, in week nine. This is just as much on him to put the players in a position to succeed. And I feel like the Bills are outside of Von Miller being done for the year. <sighs> Rip I know. Why Von can't we Miller. have nice things, John Boccasino? Come on. Two years in a row, buddy. Two years in a row on Thanksgiving, the Bills lose a, an all-pro talent to an ACL injury. It's it's frustrating. Um, but I think that and, – and we'll we'll get to the defense in one second. But my last thoughts on the offense are just this, Jamie – the Bills played one of their worst offensive games of the year versus the Jets and still had a chance to pull out that victory if Gabe Davis catches that ridiculous bullet that Josh Allen put on his numbers after getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Josh is finally healthy. I think he's finally playing the way we expect him to. And there's just something about this team. It's so hard to to beat him twice and beat him at home. I think the offense is going to be clicking 
uh, on all cylinders uh, versus the Jets on Sunday. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When it comes to the other side of the equation, Mike White. Yeah. We've we've been down this road before with with Mike White, right? Like we've uh-huh. seen him we've seen him have breakout performances. We've seen teams, you know, pro uh, media members tout him as being the Jets quarterback of the future. Remember the last time that he played the Bills and he was riding high and all this expectation was placed on Mike White. He threw four freaking interceptions and the Bills ended essentially his starting role that year with the team. The, this is all a way of saying I am not that impressed with what Mike White brings for this Jets offense, especially, again, minus dynamic rookie running back Brees Hall. I know Garrett Wilson is coming on into his own. Um, the Jets have a bunch of decent playmakers. They're also getting their starting tight end, C.J. Ozma back from injury. But I think the Bills defense is up for this challenge of what it's going to take to contain Mike White. Well, I I would like to think so. Um, I it, it's amazing how the defense we always thought it was greater than the sum of its parts, uh, but the Buffalo Bills when they're missing players on defense, it really affects them. And we're looking at Matt Milano possibly not playing. Greg Rousseau has in has an injury that he's trying to come back from. Jordan Phillips is going to be out. AJ Epinesa he has an injury. And I'm I'm looking at this and I'm like, you know what? The Bills, I get really nervous when they don't have all hands on deck. However, Brees Hall, who is probably going to get 1,500 yards from scrimmage this year as a rookie, he's out. Mike White, okay, he's better than Zach Wilson. It's not saying much. And the Bills are excellent at confusing young quarterbacks. Mike White doesn't have a lot of starting experience, and I have all of the faith in the world that Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott are going to drop coverages that Mike White doesn't quite understand. And I expect him to turn the ball over at least twice because it's just not, it's not what he's used to seeing the smoke and mirrors that the bills are able to do on the back end. However, that said, I do worry about Garrett Wilson getting open because if they're able to get him matched up with Xavier Rhodes or Kyer Elam, uh, let's just say that 
it's not a good matchup for the Buffalo Bills when Trey White is not on Garrett Wilson. So that's a good topic and a good good segue to dive into here, Jamie, is and Garrett Wilson is, I think, third right now in the running for offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. He has had a tremendous rookie season. He's got game breaking speed. He's an outstanding route runner. He really has bailed out both um, Zach Wilson and much more recently Mike White when it comes to this offense and getting them going. But I feel like the Bills have a, an internal player um, who, if Trey White doesn't have the assignment of, of guarding uh, Garrett Wilson, and again, we know the way that the Bills run their set defense with Leslie Frazier, it's not going to be the same guy. You know, I mean, if they're playing in zone, there'll be a different responsibility. There's there's guys who rotate through. It's not solely yeah. going to be Trey White taking on Garrett Wilson. But I got to tell you, Jamie, I think that the Bills have an answer on their roster for this cornerback two conundrum that they've been going through with the struggles of Kair Elam, with Xavier Rhodes being a practice squad guy getting elevated, with Dane Jackson essentially forgetting how to to play the cornerback spot. Yeah. He's really um, struggled with the, the expectations. What are your thoughts on Christian Benford really being able to step up and handle CB2? Well, that would be great if he wasn't on injured reserve. I'm talking about, though, the rest of the year. Oh, the rest of the year? Yeah, I think Benford, there's a reason he was starting early in the season, and that's because he plays the zone well, he's a good tackler, and frankly, he's got a a more sturdy build than the other guys. At 6'1", 205 pounds, yeah, I, I think that he can deal with the physicality of some of these players that guys like Dane Jackson just can't. And, I mean... Dane Jackson, for all intents and purposes, has been demoted because he just needs some time to sit in the corner and think about what he's done. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but honestly, um, Benford outweighs him by 25 pounds and has a couple inches on him. And I think you see that out on the field when it comes to contested catches. Dane Jackson is there. He just can't quite win the physicality matchup. But, you know, I've said this before. I don't think they ever expected Dane Jackson to be a starter this early. He was supposed to be quality depth and really kind of take the Levi Wallace approach of, you know, he's going to sit and learn. But, you know, like Levi Wallace, he got thrust into the starting lineup or play a heavy number of snaps before I think they wanted him to. The best for Dane Jackson lies ahead. We saw the same thing happen with Taron Johnson. Taron Johnson got benched due to ineffectiveness. And after that, he ended up getting a huge contract and is probably the most underrated player on this Buffalo Bills team. Dane Jackson can get there, but he's not going to get there this year. So yes, put him on the bench. And when Benford is back, I want to see a lot more of that guy. Yeah, and I obviously wasn't trying to say that Christian Benford would step up. We don't want him playing on Sunday. He's obviously not eligible to play <laughs> on the IR. He I, can't come I back. Apologize. I apologize. I clearly misunderstood your point. Yeah, it was more of like a, a, a question about the, the kind of like how, you know, when the Bills originally thought that Von Miller was going to miss only four weeks, um, how the defensive would defense would respond. Minus Von Miller. This is again one of those questions of when he's back, where do you see you know, Benford slotting in. Um, and I feel like, you know, maybe Kair Elam hopefully uh, was able to learn a couple of lessons, you know, from his benching, if you will. 
Um, he did play pretty well against the Lions, I thought. Um, I, there was a one or two passes where um, St. Brown, you know, torched him uh, on a deep route. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like this is a good bounce back for Buffalo's first round rookie pick, Kyer Elam out of Florida to step up and and show what he can contribute. And and Jamie, this is really like the, the Bills, when I say they're a different team, um, they literally are a much different team um, than the last time these two squads mm-hmm. met. And it, again, I mentioned Deion Dawkins trending towards playing. It also seems, maybe I'm being optimistic, but reading between the lines and seeing what the clips are on social media, it looks like Matt Milano has a good chance to return and play too, um, to spark this defense, which would be great to finally get their starting linebackers out there with Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. The last time Jamie, the bills and jets played Buffalo was missing defensive end, Greg Rousseau. They were missing Milano. They were missing Poyer and they were missing cornerback Trey white going into that game in the Meadowlands. So as good as you can feel about the jets offense, you have to be concerned with the bills finally getting healthy Again, minus minus Von Miller. I I like the way this sets up with one caveat. The Bills have to defend the run better than they did the last matchup. I mean, we all knew the Jets were going to try to run the ball down Buffalo's throat, and they did just that in week nine. I think they gave up 175 yards on the ground. If Milano is playing alongside of Tremaine Edmonds, and we know Greg Russo is going to be back out there, Shaq Lawson, is having a resurgent season along with Ed Oliver up the middle. Do you feel good about the Bills' defense getting a measure of atonement in slowing down the Jets' ground game in, in the, the rematch? I do, because I think the way you play the Jets is you sell out to stop the run and you make Mike White beat you. Now, I don't understand why the Bills didn't do that against Zach Wilson, who was awful, but yeah, I think they probably learned a lesson there. So on obvious passing situations... You know, you you want to make sure that the tight end Uzoma is covered. You want to make sure that Garrett Wilson is covered. Corey Davis is a good receiver. He doesn't frighten me. I, I they they have they have good skill position players. I mean, let's let's be honest. The, these guys aren't bad. Um, but I think that if you get the Jets behind the sticks, it's going to be a huge advantage to the Bills. So on the early downs, yeah, get out there and get after the running backs. I I think that's the key to to winning because the Jets are are down a bunch of running backs. They traded for James Robinson at the trade deadline, and he's basically fourth on the depth chart. Now he was a gangbusters running back with Jacksonville. And yet now the Jets are taking on, you know, Michael Carter, uh, rookie Zonovan Knight, uh, really sharing the lion's care of the backfield uh, responsibilities for, for the Jets out there. I don't see the Jets running for 170 yards. Um, on the Bills defense, a a point of pride, uh, Leslie Frazier and co know they need to tighten that up because they need to get back to their early season stout run defense. But B, Mike White is not a fearsome quarterback. And I think one of the ways the Bills can capitalize on this is, again, shocker, winning the turnover battle. Because if you let Mike White do Mike White things, he's going to give you some interceptions. He tends to to lock in on a receiver. He tends to lock in on his target. Usually it's his first read. Sometimes it's a 1A type route. But with the veterans on this defense and with the opportunistic nature of this Bills defense, I expect Mike White to give the Bills 
some nice breaks on Sunday with his turnover tendencies. I got to be honest, when you said Mike White doing Mike White things, I was about to be like, what are Mike White things? I, I don't know him well enough to know. <laughs> Thank you for defining <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that helped you get a little clarity when it comes to uh, to what I mean, because he does. I mean, if the first route isn't there, it seems that he's more likely to go for like, again, a tight end over the middle or a check down type pass. Um, but he likes to go long to Garrett Wilson. He likes to lock in on Corey Davis. He likes to identify um, Elijah Moore is having a decent season, but really this offense runs, you know, through Garrett Wilson when it comes to um, the offense and Tyler Conklin's a good tight end as well. Him and Yuzma are going to be a good one two punch, but the bills do a good job defending against the tight ends, especially if Matt Milano is out there. So I'm really not too worried about um, the Bills being able to contain this Jets offense. Um, maybe I should be. I know we all underestimated the Jets that first time round, but again, I can't help but feel this Bills team with what's in front of them. And don't don't discount this, Jamie. With Von Miller being gone for the year, a lot of talking heads, a lot of supposed experts with air quotes are saying, okay, the Bills Super Bowl chances took a major hit. They're not as obviously they're not as good without Von Miller, but these guys, they want to win these games for their fallen teammate. And they know that if they take care of their business, that number one seed is right there for the taking. And it all starts on Sunday with the Jets. I think the Bills are just going to come out and have a really solid performance with, again, scoring more than 30 points. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. I, I think that the Bills are going to play a better game than they did against the Jets because, like I said, that was the beginning of the Bills kind of bumbling their way through the season a little bit. They're on a three-game winning streak, and they're trending in the right direction. The Jets, clearly they're in a little bit of flux right now. Now, clearly Mike White has the locker room. Did you see before the last game that everybody on the team was wearing Mike, Mike White t-shirts when they got off the plane? I did. He's definitely, you know, yeah, you're right. The, the locker room has bought into him. It's just a crazy notion that you could like take this, you know, retreat this, this kind of like bounce around journeyman who hasn't really done much in the NFL besides one or two hot games. And you're going to bench the number two overall pick in the draft from a couple years ago from Mike White, but you know, he's, he's proven that, you know, he can move this offense, but I think this is a bad matchup for him, Jamie. Yes, I, I do too. And you know, when it comes to the benching of Zach Wilson, it speak, it, it was for two reasons. Number one, he was bad. It just was not a good player. He took too long to uh, process what he was seeing. He t- made terrible decisions on the field, but He's an asshole. <laughs> like that, that's really what it came down to. His team—he lo- totally lost his team because he's such a jerk. And we're talking about a guy who was not even a captain on his college team. That should tell you something. So yeah, they brought in the guy who everybody was going to rally behind. But he did make some good. Zach Wilson made some very good decisions off the field. Absolutely. I mean, that you you can't find fault with that now, can you? <laughs> He's a leader in the clubhouse, that's for sure. At least the, the playhouse area of the Jets locker room facility out there. And uh yeah, so let's Jamie, let's go through here. We've given you our thoughts. I mean, it's really let's do it. it's hard because we the first time around we kind of gave you some good insights 
um, into the Jets and who they are. We wanted to focus this podcast on what's going to be different this time around and what you can expect on Sunday. Knowing that the weather is going to be interesting, it's looking at mid-30s, that fun wintry mix, uh, rain turning into snow. Um, This might be two games in a row where the Bills have snow at home. Of course, next week the Dolphins come to town. There's so much at stake here for I mean, the the Bills are are looking good for the playoff chances, but we all know they want that number one seed. They want to win the division, and it all starts again on Sunday with the Jets. Give me your prognostication, Jamie. What's going to happen on Sunday? I think the Bills are going to come out and move the ball. Maybe not initially because we've seen them be slow starters a little bit this year, but it's the kind of game where the Jets may hang around for a little while, but In the end, the Bills have more talent and they're going to pull it off. So I think you're going to see the Bills win this one 28-17. Jamie, I like your thinking. I like the double-digit victory. You already know I'm calling for the Bills to get more than 30 points. Here's how I see this game playing out. The Bills are going to win. I'll go 31-19. to I'll say that the Jets put up a garbage-time touchdown late to make it more respectable, but Here's a script that the Bills are going to follow. Did you know, Jamie D'Amico, the Bills are 5-1 and one when they win the time of possession battle. We saw that in spades against the Patriots. The Bills are 7-1 and one when they rush the ball 25 times or more. With how well Cook and Singletary ran last week, I think you're going to see a healthy dose of the ground game. I think Josh Allen is going to light up the, Bill, the Jets defense. Diggs is going to get a touchdown catch. They're going to get Dawson Knox involved more. Isaiah McKenzie is going to have a good field day. And I just feel like this defense is going to take it upon itself to give Josh Allen the ball back in shorter fields, coming away with turnovers. I like the Bills to even the season series with the Jets, 31-19, to to get to 10-3 and on the year. Bills fans, those are the thoughts of myself, John Boccasino, and Jamie D'Amico, my fine colleague and co-host. We want to hear your thoughts. Get involved with our podcast on social media. Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino. Do you agree with our decisions for how the game's going to play out? Do you disagree? How do you see this Week 14 battle playing out on Sunday? My colleague, Jamie, thank you so much for bringing uh, your thoughts and your energy today, buddy. Thank you. Keep bringing it, Mr. Boccasino. And that's going to do it here for our latest episode of the Bill Eve podcast. We end it as we always do with a resound Go Bills.